Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, uh, Titus Bartolotta. Our show is powered by Collaborative Solutions Group, and we are all about personal development and professional growth. If you keep coming back every single episode, you already know that. But for those of you just checking out the show, this is your first time. Uh, thank you so much for coming. And I want you to know what you're getting into. Uh, what you're getting into is like something pretty special. So today, our new best friend of the show is going to be an excellent expert in her field. And she really, really, really knows things like time management, uh, productivity. And how about this? Like stress reduction. How Wouldn't that be pretty, pretty, pretty awesome? That's who we're going to be talking to today. And I am really excited to introduce our new friend. We do start the show, however, the same way every single time. Uh, and that's just in prayer real quick. So we'll do it here as well. Lord, we just ask that you bless the show, our, our sponsors, our, our, our guests, our audience, just everything about it. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends, Alexis Hasselberger is our guest today, and she is really someone special. She's a time management and productivity coach, okay? And she helps people do more, and guess what? Stress less. Now, I know you may think that do more and stress have to go hand in hand. I think today, Alexis is going to tell us and teach us why that's not the case. But without further ado, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Titus. I'm excited to, to talk about my favorite subjects here. Yes. Hey, before you get into tips and tricks, we tell folks when they listen to the podcast, we say, please get a notepad and a pen, like get ready to learn something yeah. uh, unless you're driving. And then we say, please put your hands on the wheel. We don't want any liability. Our insurance won't cover that. And and uh, and thank you so much. But uh, before we get started with the tips and tricks and, and noteworthy stuff, um, Tell us the story just real quick of you, like, like give us the journey of where you started and how you came to be somebody that's inspiring and, and, and pouring insight into folks every day of the week today. What's the story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to say, I was always a kid that cared a lot about ROI on my own time. You know, I was, I was that kid at, you know, eight years old, I would break out the graph paper and the TV guide, you know, like the actual wow, yeah. guide and like, I was only allowed to watch a half an hour of TV a day. So I had to like cross-reference and figure out which, which was going to be the best so that I could schedule that up. So I, I kind of always had that mindset of like, how can I make the best use of my own time? Um, wow. And, you know, in, in high school and college, I was always the kid being like, okay, how can I get straight A's and go to class as little as possible? Like, that's my goal, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so then when I entered the work world, I worked in startups for a really long time. And so I, um, I was doing basically everything that wasn't sales and engineering. So okay. you know, I'm doing HR and facilities and operations and, you know, dealing with legal and dealing with finance and like all just all of that stuff, right? For yeah, a yeah. fast moving business. And um, I started to see that people in these types of businesses were just burning out around me um, because there's such, you know, there's that culture of really long work hours and yeah. you know, putting in so much time. And that was just yeah. never okay with me. Like I know I was, I was always going to be the person that was going to put in hundred percent at work. And I wanted to be done with work when work was over. Right. So yeah, I, that I makes sense. That sure. Preparation. And so over time, people just started to see, oh, like Alexis is 
getting a lot done. And she's not, you know, working until 10 p.m. every night, right? Yeah. Like, what's happening there? And so it started over time to become that something that people just came to me and asked me about. Um, I had a couple of kids along the way, and I, you know, I, I instantly became more productive because you have to, right? Yeah, you're forced <laughs> into it. You're forced into it. You got to leave by five. Daycare is going to charge you a dollar a minute for every minute Come that you're late, right? There you go. Preach it <laughs> um, now. Yep. Yeah. And so then, so, you know, eventually I was working at places where they would say, Hey, do you, do you think you could do a, a workshop for our team about productivity? And I said, sure, why not? Right. That sounds fun. I'll just take all the stuff I'm already doing and package it up. Um, and, you know, of course not everything works for every person, but trying to see, okay, how can I, how can I present things to people in a way that they can tailor it to themselves? And so eventually I realized that not only was this the thing that I geek out about the most, because I get really excited about like having a lot of downtime, like having a lot of time for me and doing excellent work, but that it wasn't a skill set that was taught to anyone and that I could teach people that. Yeah. You know, that's such a good point. Like there's no, um, there's nobody in grade school right now. That's, that's like, dude, I crushed this semester at time management 101, right? right? Like in third grade. And I know my kids aren't getting taught this. I don't know about your kids out there in listening world, but it's so true that this is such a, a huge, massive life skill. And I don't know that we're, we're, we're pumping that into our school system, which is why we need folks like you probably. Yeah. I mean, every workshop that I give, somebody asks me, wait, why don't they teach this stuff in college? And I, yeah. I don't know. Right. And I think it's right. You either sink or swim, right? It's like some people are like naturally kind of good at this stuff and they figure it out or they have a great mentor who helps them, you know, set boundaries and figure things out along the way. And then a lot of people are just left to kind of flounder because this isn't mm. a skill set that you're taught. You're just kind of expected to know it. Um, yeah. And so that's where that's where I come in because I like to help people be able to use their time intentionally in service of their own goals and values, whatever those may be. Like one of my favorite words on the planet is intentional. I absolutely love that you just said that. Um, so here are two of the things that I tell clients about time management. And I'm going to be real vulnerable because you might be like, eh, that's wrong. And <laughs> you're going to win. You're going to win because I have you on the show because you're the expert. But I, I don't pretend to be an expert on it. But when I, when I try to share insight relative to time management, I, I tell folks, um, you know, I tell folks that they have to kind of respect their schedule. Right. And I think that when I, when I hear people, talk to me about uh, not feeling like they have some sense of control relative to their time. It generally falls, it falls down to two things. One, they don't have a, a great deal of respect for their calendar. So there's a lot of double booking. There's a lot of, I don't need to put it on the calendar. I know what I need to do. And so there's a lack of that, the, the organization. And then probably the biggest thing that, that I'll tell folks is, um, is prioritizing, right? And, and I tell them like, I don't know if you can really control 314 in the afternoon. Like it's kind of hard to tell minutes what to do. And we call it time management. But I really, I think it's like this powerful art of knowing how to prioritize really well. Are are those two things really important? Like respect your calendar and prioritize, or am I giving out bad advice? No, I mean, I think prioritization 100%. Like we can't, we can't just live in a world where like we can't do more than one thing at once, right? Even though everybody likes to say, oh, I'm a great multitasker. Nobody is a great multitasker. I think that what the science shows is that there is like 2% of the population who is actually functional at multitasking. 
And the rest of us, no, no, no. That's just not something our brain does. We are context switching really, really fast. And what context switching does is destroy our productivity, right? So we think we're doing something to make us more productive. And in fact, we're doing something that's making us less productive and more stressed, right? Mm. So I think prioritization, 100%. I think when it comes to kind of like, I don't know that I would say it in the same way as respecting your schedule. I would say it more as planning, planning your time. Right. Because I think that some people really reject the idea of being bound in by a schedule. But I think that something that we do need to do is say, what do I, what does my time look like tomorrow? And what do I need to do? And do those things actually align? Do I have room for the things that I'm saying I'm going to do? And my guess would be that the vast majority of people out there are assigning themselves way more than they could possibly get done on any given day even if they were the most productive person on the face of the earth. Mm. Like we are just optimistic. Is that what it is? I was about to ask. And I think you said overly optimistic. Is that, is that what it is? We're all just walking around just with high hopes and man, I just believe I can do anything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, it's kind of like a lack of realism in some, some ways. Right. It's like, like, I'll just give you kind of an example, right? Let's just say, let's say you've got an eight hour day. You're planning to work an eight hour day and you've got four hours worth of meetings in there. And you're thinking to yourself, great, I've got four hours of work time, four hours of meetings and four hours of week t- work time. Right. But that's just not true. Right. Because you've got to eat, you've got to go to the bathroom, you've got to answer email and Slack. And that probably takes most people like an hour, an hour and a half a day. And so really, you've got two hours of work time available. And so instead of thinking about prioritization and saying, OK, what's the most what are the most valuable thing that I could do with those two hours? We instead just look at a list of 100 things and pick. Right. And say, like, OK, I'll do this or like or instead of thinking about it in advance, we do what's in front of us. We just answer the email because it's there instead of doing that thing that we know is due next week that we've got to make time for. Well, how do we stop doing that, right? Like, I couldn't agree more. I, I see myself do that. I see others do that, especially that whole just pick. Not only do we mis, uh, misinterpret and misestimate uh, what we actually really have, which is brilliant what you're saying, but we probably do that pick game. Like mm-hmm. it's a lottery. We just randomly pick numbers. <laughs> this'll, this'll win big. I'm sure. Right. Cause I, cause I guessed uh, random things. How do we stop doing that? Like, yeah. Yeah. does it have to be when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change? Or is there a way to maybe not have to hurt so bad and, and turn it around beforehand? I mean, I like to think that there's a way to turn it around beforehand, because I like to think that, I mean, quite frankly, a lot of the people that I work with are, you know, in the pain zone, right? Like that's, that's why they finally reached out about that. Um, But I think there's a lot of things that we can do if, if we're constantly seeking, um, okay, how could I, how could I just do things a little bit differently to make things a little bit better for myself instead Mm. of like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever I'm doing until I can no longer do that anymore. And so I think a couple of the tips that I would give are the first thing we want to do is just stop relying on memory. Like we don't want to use memory at all for the things that we have to do. And I think the vast majority of people are using memory at least to some degree to keep hold of all the things that we need to do, right? So lots of people have task lists as well, but you know, they're probably not, they don't, they're not fully comprehensive, right? And so your task list is, is actually a subset of what you need to do. And that's why when you're, you know, maybe you've got this task list and you maybe you even blocked the time and you said, I'm gonna spend 
two hours doing this thing this morning, but because we didn't think comprehensively about everything that we have to do, and because we're trying to store it in our minds, then you're writing that report and your mind is going, oh, my, uh, my partner said that we needed milk. I've got to pick up milk later. And you're thinking, oh, you know, my, my driver's license expires next year. I should check on that. And your mind is just like grasping at all of these things. Or maybe it's grasping at relevant things of like, oh, I forgot to send that email to so-and-so. And then you open up email and you get stuck in that. And so I really think that using some kind of task management system where like, I mean, any old app will do, right? I mean, I certainly have my favorites, but, you know, just any app that you can just download everything from your brain. And if you're one of those people that's sitting here saying, I don't keep stuff in my brain, I've got lists, but you have like 50 post-it notes all over your desk and you're using Asana and you've got a <laughs> notebook in the corner and yeah. there's like a crumpled up list under your desk. It's kind of the same thing, right? It's like, it's not all in one place. And I think because we can only prioritize things linearly. We can only do one thing at a time. It makes sense to get everything we have to do into one place. And that's, that's where I usually start with people is like, get it all out and in one place so that we can actually see it, face it, see it all, <laughs> see what yeah. it all is, and then make decisions about, about when to do what based on all the information instead of partial information. That's good. That's good. What, what, what are we... <sighs> What, what do we do? Like, or instead, instead of me pretending like I'm talking for someone else, let me talk for myself. What, what about someone like myself who says, I agree and I buy into single-mindedness, you know, versus multitasking. I love it. I, I'm all in on that. Um, but I want to like consolidate, right? So if I'm making a trip to the kitchen, I'm grabbing the beverage and the snack, not making yeah. two trips. Like, so yeah. even though we can only do one thing at a time, how can we leverage consolidation? You know, yeah. Cause I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of people do like four things and I'm like, wait a minute, you could have possibly like, you could have knocked out a few birds here with one stone. How, right. how do we leverage that art? That's been around for a few, a few weeks, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I call that batch processing. Right. Okay. And I think that, um, yeah, and we can call it consolidation. We can call it batch processing. And basically what you're doing when you group like things together, right. So you're going into the kitchen and, and we do this in all sorts of ways, right? Like right now, if I could show you behind me, I have two piles of, um, of folded towels that are on the ground. And every time I go upstairs, I just take one of them with me, right? Yeah. Like, and it's like, I'm not going to take separate trips, but it's like, okay, the next time I go upstairs, I'll take this with me. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm consolidating that. Yeah. Um, there are other things that we can do around that consolidation or batch processing where we don't even realize how much time things are taking. Like, I'll give you an example. If you open your mail every day, like actual physical mail. If you go to the mailbox and get your mail and you open it all up every day, probably takes, you know, three to five minutes a day, right? Mm. If you do it once a week, it still takes five minutes. <laughs> like it's, it's magic, right? It's like, if you just put yeah. it all in a pile and then you open it up one day, you know, one day, it's still going to take five minutes. And so there's lots of things that, that are like that in life. And by using a, what I call a single trusted system, right? One place where all this stuff lives, you can actually plan to group those things together, right? Mm. So you can, you know, I, I use this with like follow-ups, right? I might have 20 things on my task list today and maybe 15 of them are actually just following up with clients about different things. Well, I'll batch those together on my calendar and call it quick tasks, right? And mm. I will just shoot down the list because I'm already in email. I'm in that headspace and I can go through those things. Or you can think of it even more broadly, right? When I, I used to work at, you know, startup and I had, I had a lot of differing responsibilities, right? I was in charge of the stadium operations for the soccer team. And I also was in charge of finance and these things. And 
I would just do all my finance tasks on Fridays. I call it Finance Fridays. <laughs> and everyone just knew that if you wanted a bill paid or you wanted anything, you had to get it to me before Friday. Otherwise, you were waiting until the next week. Right. Mm. And this was a way for me to consolidate those things so that I remained in that headspace in, and plan for it and let other people have some efficiency around this because they could plan for it as well. Does that help? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's great. That's great. Um, so it. I still want to know, I know you said that at eight years old, you were, you know, balancing calendars and making (laughs) charts and correcting people that were not efficient with their time. Um, You were, you were a stud at eight years old. How, how about the people listening right now that are, that, you know, I'm also a big like mindset and communication and our inner voice person. But so there's so many people that are listening right now that are saying, I'm just not good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And until somebody's able to to change that word track that they, that, that record that's nonstop playing in their head. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes will tell folks that if you can't move the Titanic, right. Which is the, I suck at this. I'm not good. I'm not good. You've convinced yourself that you couldn't do all the stuff that Alexa's yeah. telling you. Um, how, how does someone like that before they move the mental Titanic, how do they leverage maybe outside resources? Right. Cause, cause maybe that's not something that they're great at and they've convinced yeah. themselves that they're not willing to put the time and energy into it. Sure. Where do they need to go? Maybe even outside of themselves to, to leverage software, to leverage mm-hmm. uh, fractional professionals or even coaching yeah. experts like you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think like you, you hit the nail on the head with the, like, I can't do this stuff. I mean, I work with, I'm just thinking of a particularly te- testimonial from one of my clients that literally said, before I worked with Alexis, I thought I was just bad at organization and that this was a personality oh. trait and it was yeah. something that I couldn't change. And after, after going through the program and working with her, I realized it's not, it's just a set of skills that I am just as capable of learning as anyone else. Right. Yes. What and a so I really, really believe in growth mindset, right? That like there's yeah, we all have different natural tendencies, things that come easier to us and you know, and not so easy. But you know, think of it like if you go to the gym, right? If you go to the gym and, and somebody teaches you, I'm gonna show you how to bench press properly, right? And they're like, okay, I'm bench pressing 200 pounds here. You're not going to be able to bench press 200 pounds like right away, right? You wouldn't yeah, ex- yeah. like to expect that of yourself would be absurd, right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But your brain is just another muscle and it's just another skill. And so coming back to your question about how do we leverage other things before we get the, before we get there, I think there are so many different like task apps that you can use that make it really easy. I mean, my favorite is um it's called TikTok, not TikTok. That is something Definitely not for productivity, right? Um, yep. But TikTok, T-I-C-K, T-I-C-K. It's easy. It's free. It's like it works on all your platforms, and you can download everything from your brain and all the other places there, right? So, and it syncs up to Gmail and other things, so it makes it very easy for you to have a framework that you don't have to come up with on your own, right? Mm. Um, I also think there, are, you know, there are so many, you know, like you mentioned, fractional professionals. Like I have a VA, right, who works for me about two and a half hours a day, um, who takes control of, you know, a lot of the parts of my business that are just wrote and repeat, and I don't need to be spending my time on, right? To make right. it so that I have more time for the stuff that I'm good at, right? And that I really like doing. Yes. So there's lots of things like that. I think, yeah, like there's coaching, of course, like you and I, we're, we're coaching and we help people. Uh, there's also tons of online programs that you can get started mm. with 
know, I have a couple of online courses that are available really inexpensively, um, mm. you know, that, that people can access for this sort of thing. So I think there are a lot of inroads. And okay. what I find for people is that in order to change that mindset, it's not all going to change at once. But we can start with like tiny experiments, right? Just like little, little experiments. So if you have people out here who are listening, who are thinking, you know what, I'm just good at keeping it all in my head. Like I, it's fine. Like I, I do well with that. It's just the way it is. I would encourage them to take five minutes and do a brain dump. Just sit down with a pad of paper or, you know, your phone or whatever it is and just Stream of consciousness, everything out of your mind that you think you have to do or that you do have to do or whatever it is, and just ask yourself how you feel afterwards, right? I do this in every workshop I give for corporate clients and literally everyone, like there are two, there are two feelings. One that shows up more, which is relief, catharsis. Oh my God, I didn't know I was carrying so much stuff in my brain, like all of this. And then some people say, well, that was really overwhelming to actually face, face all of the things. And I try to remind people that it's the same amount of stuff whether it's in your brain or outside of it, it's the same amount of stuff. It's just a lot easier to deal with when we're not holding it in our head. Yeah, that's just good, man. Um, So we're talking with Alexis Hasselberger right here on Solutions from the Huddle. Uh, Some of her other clients, Google, Lyft, um, Capital One, uh, just, just a few small companies. Maybe you guys have heard of those brands and and she's been able to help so many of those people. I'm so glad that you're here helping us. Um, Alexis, right on the other side of this short little break, I want you to maybe help us with two things. One, how to identify maybe what our highest and best use of our time could and should be, right? And that and that that's subjective. It changes from person to person, but there might be some common denominators that helps us identify what should I be spending my time on? Mm-hmm. And then I would love for you to give us maybe some of the things that are the 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 biggest time sucks and and the the worst distractors, right? You mentioned yeah. TikTok, right? I mean, so <laughs> I would love for our audience to hear. Here's how I could identify what my highest and best use of my time is, maybe as a CEO or as a salesperson or or whatever my position is. And then here's some of the stuff I got to avoid, right? Mm-hmm. Alexis said those are potholes. Like don't go like drive around them. Right. So on the other side of the break, let's do that real quick. We just take a short break in every show. We just want to say thank you so much to the uh, sponsors of our program. If you go to team-csg.com, team-csg.com, and you click on the solutions from the huddle tab, you'll get to see all the brands, all the businesses that, that think that this really cool concept of personal development and professional growth podcast where, where, where thousands of people get to have their lives changed uh, by, by having amazing, brilliant people like Alexis on the program is a good idea. Then click on those brands, learn more about those companies because they believe in you growing and you're not even their client. Uh, and so we appreciate their support. And we here at CSG, we wouldn't stand next to those brands if they weren't uh, worth standing next to. So go to team-csg.com, click on solutions from the huddle and check out all the brands that are standing right next to this show and in this moment. But the most important brand on the planet is Alexis Hasselberger coaching and consulting to me at least. Uh, okay, Alexis, what are the what are the things that we can do to kind of narrow down what my highest and best use is? Um, as an entrepreneur, most of the entrepreneurs I talk to, they just think that like everything is their highest and best use. There's not like this is more important than that. I have to be doing everything. But how does somebody, whether they're the owner, the department manager, the salesperson, or maybe they're just the practitioner, they're the technician, but they're trying to figure out like, what is the highest and best use of my time? How do they identify that? And then after that, I have that that secondary question for you. 
Okay. So you're totally right that this is subjective, but I'm going to give you a little way to, to figure it out for you individually. Right. And so I like to start with a little bit of time tracking. So for a couple of days or maybe even a whole week, if you can hack it, just write down what you're doing and when. So it could just be as simple as like 7 a.m., woke up, showered, ate, you know, 8 a.m., started work emails, you know, 9 a.m., team meeting, whatever it is. Just like when you change activity, just write down what time it is. And then what you can do is look at that after you have a little bit of data and ask yourself a couple of questions. And those questions can take two varieties. One of them is just, wow, like what, what am I surprised by here? right? Um, What do I want to be doing more of? And what do I want to be doing less of? Because I often feel that we have this really visceral reaction (laughs) that puts us in touch with what those values are around this stuff, right? So it might be hard for us to intellectualize, oh, well, like, I think I should do this. But when we see, oh, I'm only getting five hours of sleep a night, well, we know that that's not something that's good for us, right? Or when we see that we might see, oh, like, wow, I'm spending more time with my kids than I thought. Oh, that's great. Like, yay me. Like, let's keep on doing that or whatever it is. But I find that we have, we have some really visceral reactions to what we find there because while we think we know where our time is going, unless we're actually tracking it, most people don't um, because time is very subjective. And when we're doing things that we don't enjoy, it takes, feels like it takes a long time. And when we're doing stuff we do enjoy, it just flies yeah. right by. So we don't have a good sense. For entrepreneurs in particular, um, I mean, for anybody, but I think, you know, especially kind of entrepreneurs, leaders, et cetera, another set of questions that you can ask yourself when you look at that data is, which of these things are things that only I can do? Like nobody else can do them. Which of these things are things I could delegate to somebody I already have on staff? Like what are, which of these things are possible for me to delegate to a resource I already have or to outsource to a resource I already have access to? And then which of these things are things that I can't delegate to anybody right now, but I could delegate if I had a resource, right? So that may be where they're thinking, ooh, if I hired a VA for a couple of hours a day, they, I could offload a bunch of this stuff that really isn't like my zone of genius and will leave more time for me to be doing the stuff that is really important to me. So I think those are, those are the questions that, that I would ask when mm. looking at that data. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, there's one... There's one extra question I tell folks to ask, but there's one on here that I that I haven't thought about, and it's so good. Um, I, you know, and one of the things I love is it's always bothersome to me when somebody's like, "I've got this thing that no one's ever heard before," and I'm like, "Come on, like that's." And so, so what I love is when people say things that are so strategic and smart and intentional. It doesn't matter if I've heard it before. I've watched a movie five times and I caught something that I missed the first four times. And so. I've heard some of this stuff. What I've not heard is what could I delegate if I had, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the, what can only I do, right. I've ha- heard that. And I've sure. said that, and I've heard what could I delegate, right. But the, yeah. what could I delegate if I would just get like, if there, if I, if I had this missing piece, not missing anymore, I could also delegate, right. right? What is, what a, what a totally separate and smart question. Love that question. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I say this to people, tell me if it's okay. Um, cause, cause if you, the experts say, stop saying it, then no one else will hear it ever again. But I also say, well, like what, what just doesn't need to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like exactly. it's what, what is it time to not delegate, but delete? Yeah, exactly. And I, I have, there's another kind of set of framework that you can think about this, that I ask people to kind of just, just do it on a regular basis. And that is, mm. 
what do I want to keep doing? Like what's working really well for me? What do I want to start doing that I'm not doing right now? And what do I want to stop doing? Cause it's not so yes. before, right? That's good. That's and I good. think asking our, because, because life is additive, right? Our calendars are additive. It's all additive. And mm. so unless we're asking ourselves on a regular basis, what can I stop doing? What could I take off? What's no longer serving me? I think a lot of times we, you know, maybe we volunteer for something. Maybe we volunteered as, you know, to be the, the room parent or something like that for sure. our kids at school. And like, it, it was great for us to do for a semester. And then we realized, you know what, actually, this is not something that I have so much time for, but yeah. now I feel indebted and they keep asking me, you know, and, and now because I'm the person that said, yes, they keep going there, but, and we just keep doing it, even though we feel stressed and resentful about it. Right. And so, so good. if we can instead just ask ourselves every once in a while, like, is this still working? Right. Mm. Or, and how can I get out of it? Because I always think it's better to have an honest conversation about the things we don't want to do than to continue to do them and feel resentful about it. So good. Uh, you know, I got to tell you though, uh, on a funny side note here, when you said you may look and be like, wow, I'm spending way more time with my kids than I thought. I thought you were going to be like, it's time to spend less time with my kids. Oh. And I was like, this is going to be the funniest thing ever in the history of the show. If this lady, <laughs> if this lady says I could dial down on hanging out with my kids, I was going to lose it. It was going to be very, very funny, but you swerved around that and was was way more adult and professional and mature than me. Um, here's the here's the second question as we as we try to land the plane of this show. I want to make sure we don't miss the opportunity of finding out what are some of the things that are really distracting us and we don't even know it. Right, the time suck. I think you mentioned. Um, I'll look at my email real quick, but it's like an hour and a half. Like, what are among the the things we may already know, like email, what are some other things that are super cluttering and distracting and yeah. sucking time? Yeah, I think the the very biggest one is notifications ah, on your okay. desktop, on your phone, for social media, for games, for email, for Slack. Like all of those notifications, turn them off. The only exception that I will say is meeting notifications, especially now that most people are working from home, because there is value now that you can't see people walking up to a conference room and get that other visual cue that there's a meeting happening. We do want to be on time for things. I think that's important. Yes. But those notifications. So there is a study done out of UC Irvine several years ago that showed that on average, when we are interrupted or distracted, so every ping of your phone, right? Every single one or of your computer, that it takes us on average 23 minutes to refocus on what we were doing. 23 mm. minutes. Wow. And so most people end up spending about a third of their workday lost to distraction, just lost to refocusing, right? And so I think distractions in terms of notifications are the number one thing. And now some people you might be thinking, or some people might be thinking, well, if I don't have notifications, how will I know when these important emails are coming in that I need to respond to right away, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that what we want to do is we want to batch process our, our communications. And so you can instead process email. I mean, I, I do it twice a day, typically. Some people, you know, your jobs may be different and you might need to do it every hour, right? For 10 minutes, you're processing email or Slack or whatever it is. What we don't need is to know when somebody sent us something. Right. Mm. Because I guarantee you in an emergency, nobody is relying on email or Slack. Right. If it's a true emergency, they will hunt you down and find you <laughs> any way that they can. Um, and taking some control over that, 
I think is really helpful because you know what we often we often give ourselves a double standard around it, right? Like if you send somebody an email, are you expecting that they're going to drop what they're doing immediately and look at your email and respond to it? Mm. Right? No, but that's exactly what we're doing. That's so smart. Um, so we really need to make sure that notifications die. Um, that's what, like, yeah. get them off of as many things as possible. Yeah. Uh, what, what else? What else? What else is, is, is quicksand? Maybe not something that we even can turn off, but maybe something that we need to, to realize. Like, let's be honest. I can't stop uh, eating Dove vanilla ice cream bars. Like, that's not an option, right? I have to eat those. Okay. But... But maybe I don't have to have three of them, right? Like, I mean, like, so okay, I have to read email. But, but to your point earlier, I maybe didn't realize. Holy crap! I didn't know it was taking an hour and a half to two hours of my day. Like, are there some things that are quicksand things where it's like we got to walk over it, but we didn't realize it was, it was, it was sucking so much of our time. And maybe if you help to raise our awareness, we would be a little more on guard when we're doing the things that we we can't avoid, we can't turn off. Yeah, I mean, I think like communicate. I think there's something that you you mentioned there around communications in general, and it, this this is going to kind of fit into to answer this question. But I think it's a good one. Um, if you can spend the first hour or so of your workday, like your first non-meeting work hour, don't get up earlier to make this happen, right? But like whatever, whatever the first hour of your workday is, um, without checking email or Slack, like do not check messages immediately. I think this is a this is a big thing to avoid. Do not roll out of bed or roll over, grab your phone and immediately start checking email or Slack or things like this. Because what happens psychologically, right, is we're humans and people have reached out to us and we have this need to reply, right? Or even if we don't reply right away, it's now in the back of our head. Right now we're thinking, even if we're trying to work on something else, we're thinking, oh, but, you know, Susan emailed me this morning and she's really waiting on that answer. And now we can't focus on whatever it is we're trying to do. So if we can spend that first hour of the, if we can just avoid messaging for that oh, first wow. hour of the workday, you yeah. can get so much done, much more than once, once that flood starts coming. And sometimes people say, well, how can I do that? Like, wh- how will I know what to do if I don't check my email to see what's there? And the reality is that if you, you know, like everyone has projects they need to be working on, right? Like we're not, unless you work in customer service and like email is your job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have things that we need to get done and they often get sidelined by communications. So, and the other thing that, that happens is that we think, oh my gosh, we can't get back to them so late. Well, you know, whether you get back to somebody at 8.30 in the morning or 9.30 in the morning, doesn't typically make a lick of difference to them, right? Yeah. They're not thinking about it, but the amount of things that you can get done, really important things in that hour is huge before you've even gotten into that kind of responsive mode. I love it. Thank you for that. Um, before we close out this show, we try to ask as many of our guests as possible um, this question, just because it, it seems to be so impactful. And our listeners oftentimes will say it might've been one of their favorite parts of the show. Um, successful people like you, um, learn a lot through education and certification and and successful experiences. But my experience has been, uh, you probably learned a thing or two because you got it wrong. And so I I don't mind falling so long as I fall forward. And one of my great mentors, John Maxwell says uh, in his book, sometimes we, we win and sometimes we learn. And so is there an experience maybe where you dropped the ball or got it wrong, or I I went left and I should have went right. 
and maybe not necessarily caused you to say, I'll never do that again, Mm -hmm. but it caused you to say, I'll do it differently. And maybe the scratch on your knee uh, might avoid the scratch on someone else's knee. Is there maybe a story or two that, that might help us? Yeah, of course. And I, to- I totally believe that there are no failures. There's only learning experiences. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm right there with you. I think one for me that, that I learned, and I think hopefully this will be um, relevant to the entrepreneurs in the group or people who are client facing is that early on in, in my business, when I started to get busier, I, and this comes back to respecting your own schedule and your, or your own calendar. Um, I, I realized, oh, I don't have, I don't have enough spots available for people who want to have consultation calls with me, et cetera. All just open up the 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. hour for people to be able to do that. And I did that for probably three or four months before I started to really like, I'm not a morning person. Like, why am I doing this? Like, this mm. is making me like feel, this is making me not be excited about the morning, right? Not be excited about starting the day because wow. I've kind of given up more than I wanted to give up. I didn't keep to my own boundary. And so oh, I wow. think for me, a lot of the, those things are like, it feels hard when, when you're in business for yourself. It's like, how can I say no to money, right? Potential money. <laughs> um, but keeping those boundaries allows you to build a sustainable business over time yeah. instead of be kind of at the beck and call of, of any, your clients, right? And, and being able to set those strong boundaries with people, have space available, but you know, you're not, you don't answer emails at 10 p.m., right? And you, you don't take calls super, you know, sometimes somebody goes, hey, hey, could you do a workshop for my company at 7 a.m.? Because like, you know, we have people in this other thing. And, I, and I'll, now I say, no, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, you won't get the best of me at 7 a.m., It's just not going to happen. Um, But maybe we can record it and have it available for your team members that that aren't there. So coming up with alternative solutions uh, to still meet the needs of your clients and your business, et cetera, but that don't infringe on your ability to sustainably do the work. Strong. I like it. Alexis um, Hasselberger, thank you so much for being on the show. If folks thought that you were pretty, pretty awesome here, and I can't imagine why they wouldn't, what would be the next step for them, right? What's the best place for them to go, whether it be website or, or social media or some kind of a, a next step action if they want to really go from good to great relative to their time management skills? Yeah. Well, a perfect thing that they could do would be to reach out on my website or even download a free distraction action plan from my website. And this is just a quick five-minute activity that is going to help you determine what your biggest distractors are and give you some solutions to try to reduce those distractions. Um, So that's alexishasselberger.com and it's just right there on the homepage. And then you can also reach me on Instagram at do.more.stress.less or on Facebook at do more stressless. I like it. Hey, I'm going to help folks out because I know they're going to hit rewind and pause. It's Alexis, A-L-E-X-I-S, and then it's Hasselberger, H-A-S-E-L-B-E-R-G-E-R.com. Go there, click on it. It looks like uh, a, a free consult is is just a click away for those of you out there that want to do that. Alexis, thank you so much for making time to be on the show. I really hope that maybe, maybe in the future, you'll come back and hang out with us again. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and letting me share with Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.